welcome back to the Spark Faith podcast with me, Dr. Chris Sargent. And in the last podcast, I told you a lot about my life. I went through a lot of stuff. And I felt like I kind of glossed over the years between 2012 and now because it was messy, messy, messy. And I think I wasn't really ready to tell the whole story. And so I spent a lot of time and I have like some pages of notes. You'll soon know that like I always have a notebook and I write and write and write until I have thoughts that, that pull together into some sort of like, um, like congealed form so that I can talk to you. And so I am going to start by saying we all get what we look for. And when in 2012, it was a very big year for me. Um, I had had the best year in practice ever. Um, I had a large uh, alternative medicine spa, if you will. And I had five employees, I think, and four or five massage therapists. And at the end, I had a couple chiropractors working for me. And we were rocking it. Um, we actually, I'm proud to say, are, went over a million dollars a couple of years in a row. And it was, we were jamming, we were busy, and it was fun, and we were serving a lot of people, and it was a really cool office. And I had a bunch of Christians working for me, and you know, that has some interesting play out in the way things go. And in 2012, not only was it my biggest year in practice, but it was also a year that I got divorced. And it was also the year that I bought a house. And it was also the year that I figured out that I'm only gonna have my kids 50% of the time. And I decided that dating would be a good idea. And so 2012 ushered in Crazyville. That's the only way I, I can tell you. I was moving so fast because I really didn't want to deal with the emotional side of everything that was happening in my life. And this, this has come from a long, long line of uh, suck it up and push through and you got this and just buck up and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That was the programs that I had grown up with. And so those can serve really well in a lot of scenarios. However, when you're in an emotional turmoil space, that doesn't always serve well because you just end up stuffing all that stuff down and you don't end up feeling it. And I kept reading Brene Brown and Brene always says, you know, when you blunt emotions at the bottom, the nasty ones, you also blunt the top. And I was like, well, I still, I don't know. I, I don't know, I'm good, I'm good. And the vulnerability and the authenticity just really, as I look back, right, it really wasn't there. And so, at the time, I was really mad at God. I did not feel protected um, through my divorce and some of the things that, that also ensued. Um, we, uh, along with many other alternative practices, were audited by Blue Cross Blue Shield in 12, 13, and 15. And it changed the way that we had to practice. And I you know, went into 2013 fighting with Blue Cross Blue Shield and hiring attorneys for the first time in my life. Like there was a lot going on there. 
And we, in the office, we just kept pivoting. We just kept coming up with new marketing ideas and we just kept serving people. And I just kept getting busier and busier. And I had two kids part-time and I was dating because I thought that was a good idea. And I would really, um, I really just kept going. And I really didn't look at the wake that I was leaving behind me. And I didn't look at the mess that was coming. It was like, um, like that Charlie Brown character with Pigpen, right? With all the foof around him. That was me. And it wasn't always nice. And I wasn't always nice to the people closest to me. And so I, those were some of the things that are a little bit harder to admit, right? Because again, people are messy and I'm not going to come across to you as someone who has it all together. I made some serious messes in that time of my life. And, you know, I came up with about five things that came out of that time. And uh, the most obvious one for me was don't date right after getting divorced. Um, that's kind of the, the like number five, right? Um, or six. I think six or seven. Anyway, it's kind of at the end of my list, right? So we'll go backwards to the more important stuff. And it really isn't a good time to date because you just end up jumping into relationships that are not really good for you, that I jumped into relationship because I didn't have any self-esteem. And so I was looking for that self-esteem in all the wrong places, literally. And you know, it's like eating junk food that it only sustains you for a little bit and then you have to go in for your next fix. And when it's the wrong person and the wrong relationship, it it's, it's I mean, it literally, it's like eating donuts every day or something. Um, it's just, it just ends up bad for everybody. And my kids suffered during that time and I suffered and the practice suffered to some extent. Um, so, you know, if, if any of you out there are thinking about dating right after you get divorced, uh, come on, come have a conversation with me. Let me explain to you in detail why that may or may not be a good idea. And so that was number seven. Um, you know, the next thing is find some girlfriends. I learned during this time that when I would go home at night, I really didn't have anybody to talk to. And I really didn't have anybody that I could um, work through things with on a regular basis. I always had a coach um, and I wasn't always completely upfront with everything that was going on with that coach. So like they can only help to the extent that you're willing to be vulnerable with them. And I thought everybody needed to see only the best parts and the messy parts needed to stay covered up and pushed down and all of that. So, you know, at that time, I didn't realize how, how important having a group of women around, um, how, how important that really was. I mean, I leaned on my, the ladies in my office a lot. Um, we leaned on each other to some extent, and it's still not the same as having a peer group of people that you can, ladies, that you can really lean into um, with your heart and soul, the ugly and the good stuff, right? So, you know, have a group of girlfriends, and if you don't, I can tell you that over the last three or four years, I've, I've gained a group of girlfriends. And it was very, it's been very intentional it's taken a lot of vulnerability and it's taken a lot of courage 
to let ladies into my life and let them see the not so pretty parts of me. So anyway, that was, that was just something else that came out of from 2012 to now. Um, find somebody to help you with your finances. If finances are not your sweet spot, which they are not my sweet spot, right? They just are not. And so I relied on accountants who really weren't doing me any favors because I made some bad assumptions that they wanted to help their clients like I did. They want their, I thought that they wanted their clients money as healthy as I wanted my patients. And that's not really true. And I, you know, I totally own all of those money mistakes that I made. And now again, I've figured out that I need a team and I am still putting together some of that part of my team to work through some of the mistakes that I made, like paying people when profit margins were too skinny, like keeping people on the payroll and going into debt to keep people on payroll. I know I'm not the first entrepreneur that, that's done it. However, when you look back and you realize that that was probably a mistake, it feels a little shamey when you're like, oh yeah, I've been in business for a long time and I make these stupid mistakes. So, and not stupid in a bad way, just like, oh, that was, you know, that if I had had a better, um, team around me, I might not have made those same mistakes. Or if I had leaned into some of the people that were around me I, and been more forthcoming, I wouldn't have made those mistakes. And so I'm not looking back at any of this and going, oh, poor me or any of that. I just want, I want to bring forth like all of the cool, good lessons that I learned out of it. So maybe you don't have to make the same mistakes, right? So that was another one. Um, you know, I, and I got really mad at God. I was still mad at God. Like, you're not protecting my finances. You're not protecting me from who I'm dating. And I was blaming it all on him and just completely being the victim at the time. Um, and uh, it, it's kind of hysterical to look back and see that in yourself, you know, when you, when you realize the way that you were living your life. Uh, so find some girlfriends. Don't date right after you get divorced. Uh, get somebody to help you with your finances. Have some people around you to support you, even in the ugly parts. Uh, and then, you know, take time to slow down. If I had taken time to slow down, then I wouldn't have been pushing through and pushing and pushing and pushing through everything. I would have maybe learned how to handle my emotions. And of course, you know, does God hate me at the time? Yeah, I thought for sure he hate me, but he hates me. And there are still moments that I'm like, do you hate me or do you have me? Um, and so slowing down, uh, particularly over the last couple of years has really made a huge, huge difference in my life. It was um, actually a story that I alluded to um, in, in part one um, about my daughter. And Callan um, is now 17, she'll be 18 in March. At the time, she was 15. And I mean, I'm, I'm an open-minded person and when, when I got divorced, I went and did some therapy with my kids so that we would all be on the same page. And you know, Callan is very empathic. She's very 
uh, type B. And you can imagine that this driver um, was like, suck it up, keep going, you're fine, you got this girl. And like that was because that was my messages, right? Those were the messages I got and we don't know any different, we're just passing them on. One day she looked at me and we had been fighting and as teenagers and moms do, and she looked at me and she goes, mom, you know, and she was yelling and maybe some expletives were involved. You know, mom, sad and disappointed are normal human emotions. And I was like, oh, whoa. She's like, you know, mom, you're a doctor. You should know that. And I was like, <laughs> sucker punch, right? And so I really, I looked right at her and I said, you know, and, and now I was crying. And I, um, I said, you know, you're right. I said, I really need to figure this out because after smashing emotions for so long, and this was in the beginning of 2018 now, so fast forward through lots of mess and good and bad relationships. And, and, and she just, she was just, I said, you know what? I really have to figure this out. And you know, as God would have it, God had me. I was mad at him for a very long time, but he had me through all of it. He protected me in ways that I can now only see through bad relationships, through poor financial decisions, through not having friends and being mad at him, right? And I was still protected. And so God had me in that moment. A couple days later, my Optavia coach, Ken Kochman, called me and said, hey, you need to get to this seminar and I totally trust him and it changed my life. And the seminar I went to, which I've talked about and I'll be happy to talk to anybody about, are the SCI seminars, which is PSI, Personal Success Institute seminars. And I went to their basic seminar. Um, Ken graciously opened his home and drove me to and from. I mean, he was lovely and he was wonderful and um, it changed my life. I started seeing those programs that I had just grown up with. We don't understand what we get from our parents and it just comes out of our mouth. It's like a joke, right? Oh, I sound like my mom. <laughs> what we don't realize is that we sound like our moms or dads or grandmas or you know, significant people in our lives because those are the programs that we grew up with. And sometimes those programs don't serve us well in our current life. And what didn't serve me well was sucking it up, sucking it up, sucking it up, sucking it up. And so between publishing my book in 2018 and working through all of the sci work to now, because I also did a 90 day, which turned into a 180 day challenge with Psy that started in January. It was supposed to end in whatever, March or April, and it didn't end until August. So um, all of that work really led me to this place where I'm completely comfortable telling you all of the mess that I made in my life before and owning it and also saying that, hey, you can move on and you can move beyond all the messes you've made. Is it make it easy every day? No. Do I, am I still handling some of the consequences of my decisions? Yes, some days on a regular basis and it can go weeks sometimes and then something crops up. Oh, okay, there it is. Uh, and so, you know, does God didn't hate me. He really had me.
And he had me through all of these things. So I want to encourage you, if you're at a place in your life where you are feel like there's just a whirlwind around you, you're the only one that can actually stop and look at each thing that's happening. And also, like I created a lot of my own drama, right? Like getting divorced and dating and going through audits. I could have stopped any of that actually at any of any given time during that time and slowed my life down. I didn't, I tried to gloss over it and I was fine and I put on the smiley face because that's what you have to do because nobody cares about your crap. And that's, that's not really being an authentic human being in the mess, right? We finding those people around us that we can really trust and lean into. I did have, like I said, I had some ladies in my office. We did lean on each other a lot and it was still those people work for me. So I think, you know, there was some obligation there. It wasn't like having friends. So again, I just want to say that, you know, when we get to this place where we think that God hates us or that he's out to get us, I think he's really, he has us and we're sitting in his hands and we're learning and he's allowing us to learn. And, you know, John Maxwell has a book called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn, as opposed to Sometimes You Lose, right? We don't ever really lose if we can look for, if we can look for the lessons instead of looking for what we think we wanna see. Because I could easily look at all of those things that happened to me or I created in in many cases and and blame God and yell at him or blame other people or look all out there instead of looking in the mirror at myself. And looking at myself was too hard and it's too slow. So I didn't want to feel that, that it was me. My ego was all about survival. That's what our egos are all about. And in part three, I'm going to talk a lot about our egos and how to move past some of these programs and how to get into a space where I can love all of these messy parts of me and I can really love all the mistakes I made. I am not telling you that some days it is incredibly painful to look at some of those mistakes that I've made because it is. And it was now putting me in a position where I can interview other people who've been in messy spaces and love on them in ways that I would never ever be able to do that. Oh, and my daughter, yeah, she's amazing. And her and I have many talks about sad and disappointed and I can hold her and love on her and she can be sad and I don't have to rush in and fix it or tell her to buck up or any of that stuff that I felt like I had to do for her before. And so I just want you to know that there, there you, people can change and people can grow and people can turn into different people and better people and we can be better versions of ourselves every single day when we really focus in on other people and how we're affecting them and what God has in store for us, right? That's really it. God didn't hate me through that time. He had me. 
I will talk to you soon. Watch out for part three because it's going to be fun. It's going to be deep. It's going to be all about self-love and our ego and the choices we make and self-sabotage. Sounds pretty good, huh? All right. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Spark Faith Podcast with me, Dr. Chris Sargent. Please hit subscribe, hit the bell, like, repost, do all the things. Find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, find me on iTunes and Spotify podcast. Tell all your friends how awesome we are. And I look forward to seeing you the next conversation where we admit we don't have it all figured out and our faith and our life and our health and our work can be very messy and it can be fun too.